Welcome to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. This time, CC set out to the Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival at its new venue. He met some fantastic people from the industry. Sit tight while we get to listen to Mike from Heavy Rift Brewing Company, Stephen Laurie from Brewers Association, Chris from Virginia Beer Company, Per from Smils på Slott, Ander from Malmö Brewing, and Robin from Gamling och Skedebryggeri. Enjoy! So, uh, I'm at the Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival 2023. On the first day, I'm standing here with Mike Sara from Heavy Rift Brewing. Hi, Cece. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, what? who are you and what is Heavy Rift? So, Heavy Rift is a brewery. Uh, we just turned 10 years old. We're located in St. Louis, Missouri, which is right in the middle of the United States, uh, for those not familiar with America. City with the Arch. Yeah, yep. that's right. Yeah, yeah, we have the Arch and we have uh, Budweiser and uh, a lot of good beer, too. Um, perennial? Yes, yeah. perennial and uh, second shift, narrow gauge, forehands, and heavy among riff. others, and heavy riff. <laughs> so how long have you been around for, you said? Ten years. Ten years. Mm-hmm. And you're here in Stockholm, first time? This is my first time in Stockholm. It's beautiful. And you impressed everyone on the press meet. Yes. We're speaking Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> I always, whenever I go someplace, I always try to learn like a few words of the language. Uh, even though everyone here speaks perfect English, better than me, <laughs> better than I, uh, well, better than me. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your background? How did you end up in this business? Well, uh, this is my cousin's brewery, and I uh, actually I used to be a, a physician. Got tired of of that sort of work and uh, decided uh, I would uh, try to uh, help uh, help my cousin sell his beer throughout the world. Okay. And so what do you think of the festival so far? You haven't seen much. It's been the press meet and then you came straight up to the BA Monter. But uh, it's, it seems like a pretty good festival. Um, I am hoping to get to uh, sample some of the other beers from some of the other uh, folks here. Uh, I noticed there's uh, Bernard here from uh, Prague, I think, or yeah. somewhere in Czech, Czech Republic. Republic yeah. yep. mm-hmm. Very excited about them, and I'd uh, like to try some, some local Swedish beer, too. But uh, it looks like a pretty solid festival. Well, there's loads and loads of beers for you to experience here if you if you have the time to check them out. I'm going to let you get back to your monitor to pour some of your beers, but you've got to tell us about the beer we have in our glasses first. What I have poured for you and for me... For I? No, I'm pretty sure for it's us? me. Pretty sure. For us, yeah. <laughs> uh, is uh, Goza Tofino's. So I guess, first of all, a little bit about our brewery. Uh, we are a music-themed brewery. Uh, all of our beers are named after something to do with uh, rock and roll uh, music, uh, including the name of the brewery itself, Heavy Riff. Uh, so this uh, beer is is named Goza Tofino's, and it's a... It's a uh, uh, a riff on a, a toy doll song called "She Goes to Finos," which is an excellent song if you've never heard it. Not, I, <laughs> I don't like all of the songs that we name our beers after, but this one is very good, and the beer is good too. So, "Goes to Finos" is a lemon lime barrel aged goza, uh, and it's aged in in barrels that uh, used to have gin in them. It's aged for eighteen months. We just put this in, in cans. 
after making it 18 months ago. And it's pretty good. Uh, it has a very pronounced citrus smell and taste. And uh, it has a bit of uh, coriander and, and other typical gin leaf flavors uh, as well. Yeah, because when I asked you, uh, like, bring a beer, I said to you, and like, what should I bring? I said, bring what you like. This is what I like. <laughs> this is actually this is my new favorite beer, and that's the truth. Well, Mike, uh, I'm going to let you get back to uh, the BA Monter. Uh, thank you very much for being a part of the uh, Beer Bubbles. School, CC. School. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. I'm sitting here with Steve from Brewers Association. That's right, welcome, Steve Parr. Welcome back to Stockholm. Thank you. It's fantastic to be back here. It's been, I think, since 2018, since I was last out here. So Was that when I was in charge of the Yeah, you were running the booth at the time. Yeah. And uh, we had a, a fun couple of days running around Stockholm, drinking beer. And, and then working our asses off. Working our ass. Bringing... <laughs> great beer to the beautiful people of Sweden. So you've been doing this for 19 years, or the BA has done this for 19 years. The Brewers Association has been coming to the Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival for 19 years. So next year, year 20, we're going to have to have a big party oh, or something be, to it's celebrate. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of, because uh, this is a totally new venue, uh, a new take on what, what the beer and whiskey festival in Stockholm is. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a different vibe than it was before, and I like it. Um, being on the water certainly gives it kind of this fresh vibe, but also I feel like the event is a little bit more personal. Um, and so, you know, we're only a couple hours into it. We'll see how the next 48 hours go. I'm sure I'll be ready to get out of here by the time <laughs> it's over, but we're loving it right now. Um, it's great to see our, our friends from all the breweries here in Sweden, but also just I think everyone's having a good time, and the, the lighting is great. Uh, it's a nice venue, and I love that it's right here in town. It was easy to access. And the press meet was actually outside today, just on the waterfront. Yeah, that's right, during yeah. the, the little press conference. I wish we could have set up our booth out there, but I, was, <laughs> I, I actually asked, and they said, well, no, the Swedish Navy owns that, and we can't do the, the festival outside. So who knows? Maybe we'll give them some beer and convince them to change their minds. <laughs> so how many, how many uh, brewers are, you, are here represented by the BA today? We are currently pouring 50 different beers, 5-0, uh, from 16 breweries across the United States, from the West Coast to the East Coast, North and South, uh, spanning the gambit of, of styles as well. So if you're looking for something light and crisp, easy drinking, we've got that. If you're looking for really big and experimental aged in whiskey barrels or even gin barrels with uh, lactose added, we have that too. Fruited, hoppy, bitter. There's a little bit of something for everybody. And that's the beauty of craft beer. And it's also both old and new stuff oh yeah i saw i don't know if they're here but if you they're represented with sierra nevada yep some of the classics that you'll find like pale ale but also their new atomic torpedo is available here and then new breweries as well like breweries uh, that have never been in sweden before today are being sampled and so i i think that's one of my favorite parts of this job is you know not only bring people their old favorites but also showing them some of the new innovations and qualities that's coming out of the u.s and I heard you told us at the press meet, uh, press conference, uh, that Sweden is actually the third biggest market for American craft brews. Number three export market for U.S. brewers. After Canada and Canada's UK. number one, our friendly neighbors to the north, and then the United Kingdom. Uh, there was a time where Sweden jumped ahead, and you guys keep battling back and forth. And so I, I like to think we can get a race going. Who's going <laughs> to buy more next year? 
It's going to be us. It's the challenge to the, the Swedish beer drinkers. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's a great market for us. Um, you know, since the beginning of our export marketing program and working with Sistemba Logits, they've always been interested in hearing about what's happening in the U.S. Um, as they see those trends kind of replicated in, in Europe and, and in Sweden. And we've been able to bring some really interesting beers um, into what's, you know, I think a really interesting Swedish beer markets. And so, uh, you know, we, we lots of IPAs are coming out, but we're also seeing interest in some of the other styles that U.S. brewers are producing, whether it be dark, malty, barrel-aged, or even sour. I must say that in Sweden, the last two years, classic beer styles have had a real upswing. It's the same in the U.S., with like Pilsners and uh, sports beer and uh. yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's almost like craft beer in the United States. It was you know how how different and crazy can you make it? How you know can you how many hops can you add? What can you age it in? Um, and you know we're still seeing that experimentation happen and some really interesting high quality beers come out of that that experimental side. But there is this return to kind of some of the classics where also I think just. Uh, balance, um, drinkability, uh, where the sour beers are not as, you know, hit you in the back of the mouth, you know, like you have to clench your face sour. It's it's approachable. You can take a sip and then you're ready for another sip. Um, and so they're adding some fruit to those sour beers, but it's not a fruit beer. It's not a sour beer. It's just a really complex, really well harmonized, easy drinking beer. Um, but then, like you said, lagers, Pilsners, the the revival of, of light, crisp, easy drinking beers, but using high quality ingredients that are prominence. And so, you know, not your classic Pilsner. I love that style, but we're also seeing these dry hopped Pilsners that feature a little bit more hop character that I find super refreshing. Um, I think that as we, we see overall alcohol consumption kind of trend down, these lighter, easier drinking beers provide the beer consumer that ability to uh, continue to support their favorite brewery, drinking something that's full flavored and interesting, but still be light and crisp and low alcohol. And something you don't have to analyze if you don't want to. Exactly. Sometimes you're just looking to drink a beer, not fill out you know the rating app on your phone. You're sitting back with friends or at a barbecue, or it's uh, you know having a meal and you're crushing some pizza or even just a nice steak, and you need something to kind of wash it all down that tastes great as well. It's like when I go around these festivals and fairs and I try lots of beers. In the end, I don't want to think beer. I want to drink beer. Exactly. And then I have yeah. a nice lager and just you, You've relax. had a day of yeah. one-ounce pours and you're ready for a full pint. <laughs> Steve, thank you very much for being in, uh, in the podcast with us. And have a great festival. Uh, take care of yourself. I'll see you around. My pleasure. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Cheers, guys. So, welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. We're still at Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival 2023. And I'm sitting here with Chris. Sorry. Uh, how can I forget your name? My name's Christian. I know. And it says Chris it's all okay. over you. I know, twice. Yeah. <laughs> the Virginia Beer Company. What yes. is Virginia Beer Company and who are you? I am Chris. The Virginia Beer Company. We are a seven and a half year old craft brewery from Williamsburg, Virginia which is on the East Coast, about two and a half hours south of Washington, D.C. And uh, what is your, what, what are you doing there? So I'm the co-founder. Um, so I, I used to be in the brewery a lot more than I am these days. Uh, we have 22 people on our team now. So oh. 
I'm mostly handling uh, administrative side of running a business, the financial side, the accounting side, all that stuff. But and you get to see these kinds of news, and I get to do all our export work. <laughs> so I can't complain about that. That's maybe the best part of my job. I get to be in Stockholm for a few days. Uh, uh, I just spoke to Steve from BA, and uh, what like they try to bring to uh, from the American beer scene to the Swedish beer scene, and uh, they've been doing it for 19 years now. What do you think of this venue of this festival? I think it's great. This is my first visit to the Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival. Um, we've sent beer, I think, for the last three or four years to the event, um, but haven't been able to make it in person. Um, and it's always interesting to be able to actually come to the market and, and see the beers that are available locally, meet the beer drinkers, learn what they're interested in, what they like. Um, it's really informative for us. And I always, every time I go to a new market, I bring something home that I learn from the drinkers or the retailers or the brewers. Um, so that's actually my favorite part of this. And, you know, just got started last night and have, have plenty more time to, to, to learn uh, from everybody here and um, bring some things home from Sweden and back to Virginia. Yeah, we met last night and uh, I was stupid enough not to go straight home. <laughs> so I came in here this morning feeling uh, a bit under the weather, so to speak. Mm. But, but you look fresh and nice. You've, you went home. I made it home by midnight. I was home at midnight, oh, so not good, bad. That's good. Yeah. Which is, you know, 6 p.m. on the east coast of the U.S. <laughs> so I was in bed pretty early. So, uh, have you had a chance to try any beers yet? You know, I have not. I, well, last night I did. And here at the festival so far, I've not had a chance to, to sample the local wares. That is on the agenda for this afternoon. Um, I, you know, we do a lot of festivals in Europe. So, we were just in London a few weeks ago, and there were some Swedish breweries there. So, I have been, I've been, I knew I was coming, so I've been trying them on purpose. And I've, I've tasted some great beer so far, and I'm looking forward to finding some, some more great beer. And you just had a meeting with uh, Katarina as well from uh, System Logit. Yes, the first time I've, I got to meet Katarina. And uh, this morning was the first time I'd ever actually been in a System Logit store. So I've got a, a little more of a taste for it now than, I, than I've had previously. It is kind of a cool... I, I'm, not, uh, uh, I'm not a big fan of, of the Monopoly side of it, but the stores are fantastic. I thought it was amazing. I, it's very beautifully laid out and very clean and clear about what you're looking for. I think they're laid out nicely by style. Um, you know, if you come to the U.S. and go to a, a beer store, you're not going to find anything like that. Uh, no, they're, they're mostly sorted by brewery. By brewery or with really no particular order in most grocery stores. Basically, whoever draws the grocery store shelf set just puts everything anywhere and that's how it is. So this was actually, as a shopper and a consumer, I thought a really nice experience. What are you looking forward to when you're here now? Uh, besides the festival you're going to be able to see any of the sites in Stockholm or the I, weather's fantastic the weather's amazing it's beautiful it's very warm where we where we live it was 38 when I left Virginia two days ago so this is thrilling um, I hope to see a little bit of Stockholm but um, I'm only here until Sunday morning so two and a half days it's not long enough I'm going to have to come back well what a pity oh you have to <laughs> <laughs> what a shame I'll be back next September at the latest if not before but you've been around for seven and a half years mm-hmm what do you see when it comes trend-wise in the U.S. now? Because over in Sweden, we've noticed that classic beer styles are coming back. Lagers, uh, classic ales, uh, Svartsbeer, even some smoke beers. Yeah. Uh, is it the same over uh, your end, or is it uh, still IPA, IPA, haze craze, haze craze? Uh, unfortunately, a little bit. It's, a, it's an interesting dichotomy, actually, because... When we sell our beer into grocery stores, where 85% of the beer in the U.S. is sold, it's still the haze craze. People want hazy IPAs, sometimes some fruited sours, but really it's all about IPAs. And, you know, I like IPAs, but to me that's a little bit boring. But then if you look at our brewery, 
where we sell a lot of beer retail direct to our consumers. We can make tons of classic lager styles. We can make smoked beers. We can make anything. And that's what people are really interested in. So the consumers, I suppose, are different. But people really are coming around to those same kind of things. Like we make Schwartz beer. We make uh, Czech lagers, like traditional Czech dark lagers. And the the uh, thing we have in our glass is actually, this is as classical American as you can come. Because it this is. is an adjunct lager. Yeah, we have an adjunct lager here. It's a beer called Cool Inside. Um, we, we call it a rustic lager and also a Virginia corn lager. It uses an heirloom corn um, variety that's native to Virginia called Bloody Butcher Corn Malt, kind of hauntingly, um, <clears throat> which is red when it's, when it's grown, but um, not in the beer. But yeah, this is an example of something we do frequently. It's something that people like. I think people are coming back, you know, alcohol is, the higher the alcohol in, in the U.S., typically the faster it sells, which is probably not the best thing. So people are coming back around, I think, to lower alcohol and, and to be able to enjoy more beer over a longer period of time, you know, instead of one beer in a short period of time. Yeah, but uh, and that we've seen that trend over here as well, that ABV is going down a bit. And non-alcoholic beers is actually the fastest growing segment uh, when it comes to beers in Sweden right now. Wow. Yeah, in the U.S. as well. It's, it's exploding, which I think is great. You know, we in the U.S., I know it's, it's more of a tradition in Europe to have non-alcoholic beer than in the U.S., we had very few options up until maybe two years ago. And now we have a significant number of options, and they're actually delicious. And the thing is, in the U.S., you're allowed to drive on 0.8. Right. In Europe, it's more like 0.2. Right. Which is uh, kind of a different story. Yeah, very different. So, yeah, it's nice to have those options. And in the U.S., it's really nice to have those options. Now, we actually, you know, we have worked on some at the brewery. We, we don't sell one right now, but we do sell non-alcoholic beer from other American breweries that make it. It's nice to have as an option for our, for our customers. I've got to ask you one more thing about, because uh, you have a tap room. Mm-hmm. And I will, I've been one who's always going on about what the significant, uh, significant, God, <laughs> significance of a taproom is for a brewery. The impact it actually does to your close community. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of brewers haven't seen that yet, but, but you guys, you have a taproom. Do you see that this actually ripples out and sells your product in other venues as well? Oh, yeah. Our taproom is... And as important as anything else we do, um, we sell about 25% of our production out of our tap room. But what it does is it creates a community. It creates a chance for us to tell our story to consumers in a way that we can't do in any other setting. Um, you know, they come in and they experience what we want them to experience when they come visit us. So uh, it creates people who want to buy our beer, interest in our beer. And beyond that, the reason we love this industry is it creates community. And, you know, we, we always talked about our brewery as a force for good in our community. That's what we want it to be. That's why we did it beyond our love of beer. And our taproom gives us the opportunity and the chance to be that. And, you know, it's one of the best parts of our business. And also you sell it straight from the brewery, no transport costs. No one else the, wants a piece, the extra of the, margin, piece of the pie. <laughs> the extra margin is nice as well. <laughs> uh, Chris, it's been absolutely fantastic having you in the podcast. Go ahead, try some beers. I can't wait. Yeah. Try some Swedish beers. I, that's next on my list. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll point you towards some you have to Please. try. Please. Yeah. Very excited. And uh, have a great festival. Let's just say cheers. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Should we open the beer? Yes. We Let's do that, CC. Yeah. Let's open the beer. <laughs> so I'm sitting here. Uh, welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. I'm sitting here with Lottie from uh, Brewers Association. Uh, 
I haven't even been drinking today. I can't speak from the Brewers Association in the US. But you are not from the US. I certainly not. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's, thank you very much indeed for having me on your show, Cece. It's great to be here. Uh, my name, uh, uh, as Cece said, was Lottie Peplow. I'm from the uh, Brewers Association. I'm the American Craft Beer Ambassador for American Beer in Europe. And I am based in the UK. From uh, I'm in London, UK, and uh, work all around Europe promoting and enhancing and driving sales of American Craft Beer. Yeah, um that's hey you got the entire bio straight off <laughs> uh we spoke to steve a bit earlier uh and you and him you make kind of a team for the exports part of, of what ba is to tell everyone who doesn't know what what is brewers association the brewers association is a trade association it's a not-for-profit trade association representing the small and independent american craft breweries so it helps them navigate the choppy waters of the legislative world in America in ways that they couldn't do themselves and provides a load of resources and technical information and um, stats and research and one of the things it does is provide an export development program which is where Steve and I come in and that is all about increasing distribution of American craft beer overseas to places like Sweden where we are now. Yeah and you've just had a meeting with uh, Katarina from uh, from Systema Logget. Absolutely yes we've got to talk a bit about the beer you brew because I told you bring a beer you like and that was hard hard for you because you've got 50 beers in that in Very that booth of yours we have 16 breweries many of them have never been in Sweden before many of them have never even been to the festival before so we have some amazing beers on, on display today it's uh, very exciting so what is this? so I've decided to choose a beer I've I think it might have been in Sweden um, in the system blog at once and it's from Maui Brewing Company uh, from uh, Hawaii and it's called Coconut Heaver Porter. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful porter made with toasted fresh coconut. Uh, it's one of the favourite beers of the owner and founder Garrett Marrero uh, who established Maui Brewing Company in 2006 I believe. Um, and it's called Heaver because it's a name meaning uh, sacred. So it's uh, it's a, the sacred uh, coconut porter, and it's just really rich and uh, robust. The toasted coconut gives it this lovely, lovely, robust character. And uh, I really love love this beer because it's it's great with food. You can put it with a meaty dish or a cheesy dish or a or a fruit cake or a dessert or a chumazu. It's incredibly versatile. This will be perfect also with kind of uh, East Indian, uh, East uh, Asian food, like anything with coconut milk or, or something like that. It would be perfect with, I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's quite light, uh, at least on the nose. When, when you asked me if I'd had it before, I said no, but I think I have actually, because I, I think it was in, uh, at the BA Monter in 2018 when I was in charge of the BA Monter at Naka. So I think we had it, uh, had it then. Oh, you might well have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might well have done. I mean, it's been uh, it's been produced. It was one of the first beers that they produced, so it's been going for for a very long time. But it's also a nice beer to try because of poor old Hawaii being in the news with the fires recently and oh, yeah. mm-hmm. all having a dreadful time out there. So we like to give them some moral support by uh, giving this lovely beer a little shout out. So it's a, it's a beautiful beer. It's really nice, and light. It's six percent, so it's the sort of beer that for me I can enjoy beers like this, whether it's a summer day or a 
winter evening, you know, for me, the seasons don't matter particularly. I'd happily drink this on a hot sunny day. Uh, and it's a fantastic brewery as well. And uh, it would be great to see this over, over here in Sweden more. It's the Maui that did the big swell as well, isn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. yeah, big swell. Then I, I remember, yeah. Yeah, you've probably had that before. Uh, that one I've had, uh, definitely. And, and a few of them, I think, oh, because good. I really <laughs> liked it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I want to know more about your background. How, how did you end up in the BA? Oh, well, uh, I'm a very lucky girl. I really am. It's a complete honour and a privilege to do what I do and, and work for the BA. Uh, I'm chuffed to bits and it's, uh, it started a long time ago and I was just happened to be in the right place at the right time, I think. Back when the export programme was being set up, uh, which was, uh, it was first set up in 2004 and then the then, uh, the then, uh, the, who is now, the now chief executive, it was a guy called Bob Pease, travelled over to, the, to London in 2006 because they wanted to start exporting American beer to, to, uh, to the UK. Met up with me because he needed some help with organising an event and doing some marketing and some PR. And I uh, had had uh, connections with another brewery in America called Rogue and he got wind of who I was and that led to the meeting and that kind of snowballed from there. So things were very slow and slowly, slowly started to build and then every only once a year until, you know, about uh, eight or seven, eight years ago, started things starting to get to get busier and busier and more and more responsibility. And then in 2019, I was awarded this very swanky title of ambassador, so I'm happy to go by that. <laughs> and, and your job is basically making more people ambassadors for, for American beers. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Getting more people to drink more American beer on more American craft beer on more occasions. Uh, and what do you think of the festival so far? I think the festival's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... You, it's you were never at the, the other venue. Uh, oh, yes, you, I yeah, was. You were oh, yeah. Okay. I, I was remember. at Napa yeah. Strand. Yeah. This is great. We can walk here. There's a beautiful view outside. I saw a seal yesterday. Yeah. There's a seal <laughs> in the water. <laughs> and, 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 and we're right on the waterfront. And actually, the press conference before, we sat on the waterfront outside of the building. Now, a few how, beers. How special was that? That's how, perfect. How, how often do you get to go to a press conference and look at a beautiful view and beautiful. drink beautiful American craft beer? <laughs> I mean, what's not to like about it? So, no, it's very exciting. It's it's different and it uh, feels quite fresh and quite new and let's hope more people come and the sun doesn't shine too much so that they don't all go and do their own thing. <laughs> Uh, have you had a chance to try any beers, or have you been, oh, have you been stuck been, over uh, there? I've been trying the American craft beers. I haven't had a chance to try anything else yet, but I, uh, the day is short. The, there's plenty the, to come. The, the day's young, and there's going to be another day tomorrow as well. Absolutely. So yeah. you'll have plenty of time to try some yes. new stuff. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Lottie, thank you very much for being part of uh, the podcast. Is there anything you want to tell our listeners? Thank you, first of all, CC. Thank you. It's so uh, kind of you to have uh, have us on the show. It's great to be here. And um, just drink more American craft beer, lovely people. Or as our catchphrase for four beer bubbles is, drink better beer. Drink better beer. Yeah. Even, even better. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. I'm sitting here with Per Vindahl, Smelsposlott, one of the craziest people in the beer business <laughs> I've ever met. I'm going to pour myself some of your Salzstaut. Yes. And you can tell everyone about yourself and uh, who the hell are you? And your crazy beers are, are uh, the talk of the town. 
Well, I am not really sure about that, but if you say so, if you say so. We are probably the only brewery in the world that only makes beer for cellaring. So beer like wine, bière comme vin. And that means uh, low hops, because we don't have much use for those. And it means alcohol from 10 up. Yeah, I, th- I don't think I've ever tried anything from you less than 12%. Could be. So could almost be. 12 up. Everybody <laughs> makes mistakes, my friend. Everybody <laughs> makes mistakes. So who are you and how did you end up doing this? I do this because my father once told me that uh, Smedsbo is it's a big house. And uh, he said, everything here is nice. I bake, I roast coffee, I uh, mature meat. Uh, but I had crappy beer. And my father said, you got crappy beer. And I said, we can't have that. So I started brewing, and then uh, I brewed some boring beers. But then I thought, hey, I like wine. Hey, I like dusty bottles. It's romantic, right? So I brewed beer like wine. And then it all came together. And you're doing mainly, well, you're doing strong stuff. Uh, You do some um, uh, Flemish Red, some Imperial Stouts. You do an Imperial Pilsner that's 13% or something like that? Absolutely. It's going to go up to 17. I'm working on it. (laughs) How are you going to get there? I'm going to brew it, my friend. I'm (laughs) going to brew it. Uh, Per is a member of uh, the beer club at Akarat. Absolutely. Uh, And a couple of months back, he came by and said, try this. And I got an Imperial Stout and said, yeah, it's an Imperial Stout. It's nice. It's quite strong. It's like, no malt. What What did you think? How come you did a beer without malt? You'd cost the sugar. Well, is it basically a beer then? It is because I got all the specialty malts in there. You see, oh yeah, yeah. People don't specify which kind of malts you need. So oh, yeah, this is specialty malts, <laughs> and it pours like Brent crude oil. Oh, it's it's it was fun. Thank you. Uh, not my favorite of your beers, but fun and. If he wouldn't have told me, I'd, I would have said, well, it's, no, it's a good Imperial Stout. Okay, good. <laughs> good enough for me. Uh, you're going to have a tasting at all the twists uh, end of this month? Uh, no, at Akurat. At Akurat. Yeah, well, thank you. Tell me where I work. <laughs> no, but Akurat's a nice place. You should go there sometime. Uh, I've heard about it. I normally <laughs> go there when I get paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're going to have a tasting at Akurat in the yep. end of this month. Uh, it's sold out in two days. Wow, did it? I yes. didn't know. Wonderful. So there's actually two tickets left there for you. And if you don't want them, I'll, I want them back and s- to sell them. Uh, I'm going to use them because we're going to have one of my Chinese friends. And then my social media manager is going to come. And uh, she's a wonderful person. You're going to like her. Oh, absolutely fantastic. As, as you can tell, uh, one of the few people in the world that can out-talk me <laughs> is Per. <laughs> Uh, I remember the first time we had a tasting at, at Akurat. Uh, we didn't really have a tasting, but you were really miffed that I was driving and Anders had to leave uh, after a while. So, yeah. so we didn't taste that many beers. Uh, we did our best. We did our best. But I didn't get to speak at all. <laughs> no, but you see, I had things to say. I don't now. Now I have got almost nothing to say. Uh, that's, that's a lie. <laughs> uh, tell me a bit about uh, your beers. We're drinking the Salzstout. Yep. Which is fun because salt licorice is kind of a staple in Sweden. Yep. Uh, and this goes towards that, but also a bit chocolatey, licorice salty. It, it well, you see, you should start in the stout, right? The, the stout has uh, licorice, the stout has coffee, the stout has chocolate, the stout has all these things. So what you're doing is basically 
You should think these things plus salt, plus salt, plus salt, plus salt. I mean, chocolate and salt, you can buy chocolate bars with salt. That's nice. Licorice, obviously. Coffee and salt, why not? I mean, hey, I've had, uh, brack- you know, you get a coffee brewed with brackish water out in the archipelago somewhere. You know, it will taste like that. So basically, I looked at the German beers, Gorse, and I thought, they're salty. It's fun. What could be f- good with salt? Well, obviously, stout, because it has these things that, that are already in some way connected to salt. But then I thought, we can't have too little salt. <laughs> so I showed this to the people in Berlin at the uh, Vagabund, and uh, they were quiet for a minute. And I thought, God, they hate it. They didn't, but they said, we tried with a fourth of the amount of salt that you've got here, and our customers poured it out. And I said, you didn't have enough salt. And I think that's the problem with beers. They don't go all the way. They don't go all the way. You, you do some fantastic beers, and you're, you're a fantastic person. Thank I love you. you to bits. I love you too, my friend. Uh, Gose. Yes? The original beer style with salt. Yes. The story I've heard is that the Hansa had the uh, embargo on sweet water. So they started using water from the Baltic Sea. Is that true? Have you heard? That sounds completely rubbish, to be honest. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, I would. I mean, it, it's it's it originates from Gosla. It's in in the country, right? Yeah. It's not even by the sea. No. So you would transport salty water in the. You know, it makes no sense. I think it's uh, some places have brackish water in the ground. If you go to Krakow, for example, there the salt mines, lots of that part of Europe have salt in the ground. I just think the water comes out brackish. And they used it, and it worked. That's my theory. Keep it simple, brother. Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it local. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you're also brewing uh, in uh, the Baltic countries? Yes, I am. I love the Baltics. It's still a little bit of the Wild West, but things still work. What's your next project over there? Okay. Uh, Labietis, fantastic brewery in Riga. We're brewing in October. They are preparing for the Third World War. So they want to use... <laughs> I, well, I, I'm just telling you like it is, okay? Yeah, yeah. So they're preparing for the Third World War, so they use a lot of stuff around them. So they had a blonde that, where they used meadowsweet and yarrow root. Uh, and it was a nice beer. And then they came to me and they said, we would like you to smedspoofy it. So it's actually <laughs> a verb. You know, it's yeah, a verb yeah. to smedspoofy. <laughs> and uh, that, that meant stronger and that meant uh, sweeter. So I did this. I've got the, if you haven't tried it, I've, I've got a, a, a schluck for you over there. Uh, and it comes out like, so the next step is beer like chartreuse. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, you, you'll see oh, what yeah, I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. So it's beer. So it's herby and... and it's, yeah, and herby, it come, you get some minty notes and stuff. And I just feel like the next one I, main, I, I, I make uh, up to 16%, uh, up the herbs... Uh, keep the sweetness as it is and just see where we end up. So more of everything except the sweetness. Yeah, exactly. And then just see how... Let's fired. How, yeah, but how close to Chartreuse can we get? <laughs> this is fun. I, I love this about you because you push boundaries <laughs> all the time and it's like... There's nothing that's too crazy for you. But I get bored really easily. <laughs> you don't bore me and that's why I love you. You know that. Per, I'm going to let you get back to the booth. Thank you, and thanks for having me. This has been fantastic. And uh, I say what I always say. Guys out there, drink better beer. Yes, please do. And stronger beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Per. Thank you. And cheers. And cheers, my friend.
Hi everybody and welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. We think so anyhow. I'm sitting here with Anders from Malmö Brewing Company. Uh, you're here with both the brewing company and the meadery today. Yes, Malmö Brewing and Malmö Meadery. And my uh, other brands with uh, Ability Brewing and Ability Drinks, yes. So, uh, what do you think? This is a totally new concept of uh, Stockholm Beer and Whiskey. What I do you love think it. so far? Yeah? So far, yeah, I love it. Uh, only one weekend is nice for us. It's a lot of driving. And, uh, yeah, it's better and, and no, no uh, Thursday. Uh, no Thursday. It's only Friday, Saturday. Yeah, and I like that as well. And... Uh, and right now it's a lot of people and uh, we're only early on Friday so we we talked earlier today about like how many people are going to come in and if the predictions are right this is going to be even it's going to be crazy it's going to be crazy it's mayhem <laughs> yeah. yeah but in a good way yeah, yeah. yes uh, Anders, uh, for those who don't know you who are you and how the hell did you end up in this business oh my god uh, i was 1983 and i brewed my first beer <laughs> Together with my brother. He was 15, I was 12. So. Okay, yeah. But uh, it tastes awful. But, uh, yeah, just uh, been uh, dreaming of having uh, my own brewery whole life. And uh, I actually went to a Stockholm Beer Festival in 1992, the first time. And uh, uh, and I think I was a f- I, I also had a, my own stand here in 1995, maybe, something like that, with Andy Beerson Beer. Uh, I used to be a, like a pop artist, uh, loving beer. I uh, had my own beer back then, brand anyway. And uh, yeah, started my brewery. Uh, my, I bought my building and started my brewery in 2002. But uh, yeah. I remember in uh, 2019, I was in Tampa, but I flew into Miami, went to Wakefield, as you do. Yeah. Went to the bathroom and I saw your hashtag, Beer yep. Nice. Beer Nice. Was, yes. was on the wall <laughs> in the bathroom at Yay Wakefield. Course. I was like. Anders has been here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe he's here right now. Yeah. But you, yeah. you uh, this, that's part of the best, one of the best parts of this business is all the crazy people in it, isn't it? Yeah, of course. It's a lifestyle. And uh, if you don't have nice uh, people in, in, around you in your lifestyle, it's not, it's not very nice anymore. Yeah, no, true. So, uh, and uh, I have two words for it. It's beer nice. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. So if you see that hashtag anywhere, yeah. you know where it's coming from. It's Malmö yeah. Brewing. It's it's me and Malmö Brewing, yeah. But it started as Malmö Brewing in an old uh, chocolate factory. What's uh, from the beginning, it's an old, old brewery. So uh, it uh, uh, was built 1898 as Ristos Brewery, and it became a chocolate factory around uh, 1945. Yeah, chocolate factory, brewery, and now, yeah, we used to have Malmö Chocolate Factory as well, so... And a brewery now, so yeah, it's a, it's a nice building. It's beautiful. You also run the best beer bar in Malmo. If I do, yeah. Well, according to me, you do. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Taproom, well, yeah. Is, taproom is fantastic. <laughs> ah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Two stories, lots of room, lots of people, lots of fun. Yeah, it's uh, nice. We have, uh, yeah, we have forty-two taps. Uh, actually, sixty-two, but uh, we we count them as forty-two. Some of the taps are double. Three bars when we we open. Actually, we're opening a meadery tap room soon uh, when I have time. But we are working on it, and uh, hopefully this year we're opening uh, next next uh, you know in the where we have the shop uh, today. Oh yeah, yeah. So next to the Malmö Brewing Tap Room. Mm-hmm. So it's the same building, but it's another uh, venue. So. Nice, nice. Also, got to ask you. Uh, I've talked to the BA guys and and the guys from the breweries in the US now, and they uh, we talked a bit about the impact of having a tap room because. Up until, say, 2012, 13, you weren't allowed to have a bar in 
association with the brewery. You, yeah. you, you but you you have your tap room off site ish. Well, you you had to uh, have uh, two different companies. Yeah. So you have to sell the beer to the tap room, but it's still in the same building. So, yeah. so it was just crazy, and I, I did it, and uh, nobody really understood what I was doing, but uh, I, I, I forced the government to say yes to it, and so I opened my tap room in 2009. So, yeah, of course, it makes sense that more and more tap rooms are having easy to get tap rooms right now, if you compare what I oh, had yeah. to go yeah. through, but uh, somebody had to take a fight for the for it and, and so you did. So I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to choose your fights. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the impact that a taproom has, I was actually at the Craft Beer Festival, uh, Craft Beer uh, CBC, Craft yeah. Beer Conference in yeah. Nashville 2018 and I went to a couple of seminars about what a taproom actually does for a business. It, it must bring an impact to your the knowledge of your brand for your local customers to have a taproom. Of course, yes. Uh, I mean, Taproom is always local, and a drink local. I mean, mm-hmm. but if you are a brewery, you can always put on uh, kegs, uh, bottles, cans, whatever, and send it all over the world. But the taproom will always be local, and drink local. People love drinking local. So. Yeah, and also, also people, uh, you get brand recognition. Oh people yeah, people buy your stuff at the oh, yeah. because they've tried your stuff. Yeah, and you can do also do crazy one-offs. Oh, yeah. And sell it only at the tap room. Oh, we only yeah. do one-offs. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, <laughs> Almost only. We've done some of the most iconic beers in Sweden. The canned soup, the uh, wheat IPA was... The canned wheat. Canned wheat. Canned wheat, yes. That was fantastic yeah. with the camels. Yeah, yeah, camels. But you didn't tomatoes. get sued over that one. Was no, no, crazy. no. <laughs> 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 it was, uh, it was uh, I mean, a mix between uh, Andy Warhol and uh, Campbell's. So, yeah. So they couldn't really <laughs> do it. Uh, and you know my history with Andy Beerson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, huh? The only thing I did was to... Uh, like uh, take a fight with uh, Warner Bros. and Charlie Chaplin's daughter, and yeah, and uh, they tried to sue me all of them, but uh, yeah, you came out. I came out good. Came yeah. Out roses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> we call it satire. <laughs> <laughs> satire is fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to keep you for much longer, but it's been as always fantastically nice to see you. Same. You must send your best to your lovely wife. Yeah, I will. Yeah, give her a big hug from me. Yeah, she gives the best hugs. She, she, does she, she gives the best hugs. Your yeah, wife. I know, yeah. I know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it more than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, of course. I heard she da- she danced on the bar top in Berlin last <laughs> weekend. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember there was some kind of gala here. We danced all over town. I think. Yeah, probably. Night, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anders, okay. uh, get back to selling your beers. And always a pleasure. And yeah. we, I'm right now having your um, barrel aged. Uh, no, we're co- sugar coke, sugar coated uh, barley wine with coconut and uh, lactose and shit. And you know. this is crazy. It, I couldn't drink much of it, but it's lovely. <laughs> the, the little in some way, the small pour I have is fantastic. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> cheers, okay, Anders. Cheers. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. We're uh, recording from uh, uh, Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival 2023. Uh, I'm sitting here with uh, one of the first uh, victims in my last, uh, in my previous podcast, Earl Podden. You were you were you were there quite a lot, Robin. Yeah, Junander from Gamla Skidbergi. Gamla Skidbergi, yes. Back then, you only did really low ABV beers. Yeah, low alcohol, 2.2s. That's how we started. And now, now we do everything. not that much 2.2s anymore, but we still make them for Christmas and 
uh, occasional. Uh, but with doing most kind of beers, uh, most balanced, uh, orga all organic, Swedish-grown uh, barley and hops, if we can get it. But uh, we're not that much of a donuts, cookies, or uh, soft <laughs> ice cream in our beers. So we try to make beer taste like beer. Uh, for those guys who don't know you, who are you and how did you end up doing this? How I did I end up with this? Oh, well, it started like 12 years ago now, I guess. Uh, home brewer, tried to do stuff that I couldn't buy on Systembolaget or in the other stores. So like 12 years ago, I was experimenting with uh, low alcohol beers and I found out that 2.2 beer that would taste quite good. And I have no intention to start a brewery. I was starting to be a teacher. And... Um, One thing led to another, and I wind up in a market in uh, Gamlinga Kvede with my low alcohol beers. And people like the beer, and then start asking, where can we buy it? And the rest is, as we say, stories. Well, Until, <laughs> uh, and then I had to find a brewery, so I uh, renovated my garage in, with 16 square meters and started yeah, brewing beer in the garage. Yeah, we out of the kitchen into I, the garage. I, yeah, from the kitchen to the garage. And five years ago, we moved uh, from the garage to a proper place. So now we have a tap room, live stage, and a, a proper brewery. Whereabouts is that? Uh, it's uh, in Slaktusområdet, near Globen, mm -hmm. in Stockholm. So we have gigs like three times a week. And beers? And beers. Three times a week only, or are you o open? Only, only our beers. Yeah. But you only open when, when you do gigs, or are you open Yeah, all we're the time? always open on Thursday for uh, everyone to come and show up. Mm -hmm. And once one Friday a month, we have Friday beer. And then the weekends, we have uh, gigs, and most of the gigs are tickets, and sometimes no tickets at all. So mm -hmm. you have to check out on Facebook or uh, the webpage to see if you need tickets for that night. But Thursday evenings, there are no tickets. Just show up, and you get beer and music if you <laughs> Perfect. prefer. Because uh, you're from the music industry. Yes, you, I've you're... been playing guitar and singing since forever and you you played uh, with your band up at Oliver Twist a few times yeah with my there. old country band yeah we, we don't play country anymore <laughs> <laughs> and you, you're actually working with another musician downstairs right now yeah uh, the uh, one of the founders of Opeth yeah Doc uh, yeah, Doc, yeah <laughs> uh, who's got a new band called Blood of Jupiter yeah Blood of Jupiter uh, and they made a beer with you we have made the three beers together yeah mm. but right now uh, on the festival we have uh, just let Porter burn 2023 so that last year we had a just let Porter burn we made that beer for their album release but we decided to do it this year but make it stronger and make it like an annual release so now in November we would release it on Sustainable on big bottles so now it's 6.6% instead and it's a smoked porter Quite low bitterness, slightly tar uh, well, taste last, to the it. The last one we had uh, hand pumped at uh, Akurat. Yeah, it was more like a session beer then, but now it's more a big beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think of the festival? What do you think of this? Because it's a totally new concept for the beer and whiskey festival. Yeah, I, I was. I had to say, I was a little bit skeptic from the beginning, but now I realize this is far more better than I, I thought. Mm -hmm. I like the venue. It's a little bit smaller, but people who arrive are quite positive to the new venue. And um, it's closer I, I, to town as well. It's closer to town. Most of the regulars from previous years they are here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's good. It is. It's more like a 
concentrated beer and whiskey festival. Yeah, it's, and it's only one weekend, so it's not it's not two weekends. It's not yeah. Thursdays as it was before. It's only Friday, Saturday. Uh, I, I think it's really cool, and, and I really like the venue as well. Even yeah, though it it, I can see this being a bit crowded when there's more people coming in. Yeah, we got this... Uh, when you go up to the upstairs, like it's a yeah. really long this walkway. Walkway. I've been queuing that walkway earlier <laughs> in my life. <laughs> you know, there's an elevator just there is? there's an elevator just next to it. Okay, all right. Yeah. So when it gets crowded, just take the elevator instead. I'll try that. No one thinks of that, <laughs> except is it still me and my old legs. Is, is it still like an exit to the boats? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 you can drop off the uh, yeah. off the key anytime you want. <laughs> don't you just say exit over there? <laughs> <laughs> Out with the old, in with the new. The yeah, new great. In, yeah? You don't have to go back. <laughs> and then you go to, to pay another entrance <laughs> when you come down. <laughs> uh, but Doc down there, he's also exhibiting uh, his new gin and his uh, new uh, tonic. Yeah. I've got to go down and try it in, in a minute. But uh, We have created the tonic recipe for him. So he had his gin made with TF Quad before. And he asked me, well, you have made a, a beer for me. Can you make a tonic? And... Uh, my brewer has worked part-time in a, in a tonic brewery too, so we, we made a recipe, but I couldn't do it at our brewery because we didn't have the capacity, so we made it at um, infused liquid. It's 200 meters from our brewery. Okay. <laughs> That's so perfect. Good with good neighbors. So, so that, um, it's a really interesting tonic because it's with uh, Thai basil and lemongrass, and it suits really well with the, with the gin well, that's a, quite an amount of chillers in it, so it's really good. They pair good. Uh, Robin, I'm not going to keep it because I know that you're not actually working tonight. No, I'm not. You're letting the girls work on Friday night. Yeah. So you can go home and have tacos. <laughs> yeah, taco Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm back tomorrow. Uh, you're back tomorrow. You'll be here all day. Uh, absolute pleasure always talking to you, and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you, too. I hope I see you in the brewery soon. In the bar. Well, it's not a that far drinks. away, so maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> you, I mean, you play music too. You can come. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Uh, that was ages ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much, Robin. Take care of yourself. Have a great night, and uh, I'll see you around. And guys, out there, whatever you do, drink better beer. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Well, that's it for this episode of Beer Bubbles Podcast. Don't forget to check out our social media and web shop. If you enjoyed the show, please help us continue doing this by supporting our Patreon. You'll find all links at linktr.ee slash beerbubbles. Thanks, and drink better beer.